Good afternoon. Uh, this is my uh, view from the rim. It's 15th of November, uh, 2019. It's been a while since I've recorded a podcast. Um, I'll delve into that for a couple uh, moments here. Um, I was going to do this either last week or the week before, but I was actually kind of feeling really, really down in my life. Not sure why. Um, I get these spells every now and then. I just uh, kind of hang loose and wait for them to pass, usually 24 hours or so. Um, this one didn't. It took a little bit longer. And uh, anyway, that doesn't matter. I, I just didn't want to record anything. Uh, um trying to seek out the, the positive here, even amongst all all the negative things that are going along. I mean, part of it is self-inflicted, I know. You get involved in in reading about politics on all sides, and even though I I tend towards one side or the other, what, what I worry more about more than anything is the division in this country. The fact that I think that uh, we're in a civil war now, a war of words and a war of ideas, which... Really, it's not even a war of ideas anymore. It's a, a shouting match that uh, will ultimately, I think, end in violence. The reason it hasn't uh, divided the country uh, violently at this point is geographically, it's a lot harder to do than it was um, at the time of the Civil War in 1860 when you had slavery confined into one geographical area of the country that geographical area seceded. Frankly, we should have let them secede. Um, so much bloodshed would have been spared had had they happened. The founders had uh, thought that that was something doable, but the Lincoln was otherwise. But my argument here is not about the succession. It's not even about politics. I think that the, the, the my 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 love of reading those things is part of dragging me down, but sometimes I just get these waves that pass through. And so anyway, um, there's a few things I wanted to talk about, and and because uh, it's been a while, I, I just want to talk about uh, back in the uh, October uh, conference of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, um, president M. Russell Ballard, who's the acting president of the Quorum of the Twelve Apostles, uh, gave a talk, and he referred to a talk that his grandfather had given um, back in the 1920s called The Struggle for the Soul. My first introduction to that talk actually was back in 1984. Um, our mission president used that uh, to teach doctrine regarding um, repentance, regarding um, this life and the next life. And while I'm not going to go into the depth of that now, and really there's no way to do that, even if uh, I wanted to take a whole podcast, which I might in the future on that, suffice to say uh, there's a few key points uh, that uh, Melvin J. Ballard, who was the original author of Struggle for the Soul, uh, he he talked about he talked about the fact that that every week Latter Day Saints have the opportunity they have an appointment that's what how he referred to it was it's an appointment with God uh, where you come to church on Sunday you have the opportunity to 
renew your covenant of baptism with him through the sacrament. Um, and by doing that, you make a new commitment. You become refreshed, if you will, demonstrating your faith in him. Um, that's an appointment that we have every week. Now, beyond that, um, um, what we have to do, and this is a struggle that mankind has always struggled with. It's the, the battle for the souls, the mind, the heart. You know, the, the mystics have, have tried to separate the physical from, from, from the spiritual and vice versa. And what this is a really tricky uh, 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 road to walk on simply because it has to do with uh, um, both the physical and the spiritual. We talk about um, them as if they are separate, and they're not, of course. Um, but we also know that, that well, the Latter-day Saint uh, doctrine, and I can use that term, this is doctrine, what I'm about to say, um, is that we were all spirit children. We are spirit children of our Heavenly Father. That we came to this earth to gain a body and to be tested in mortality, to learn faith, to repent of our sins, and so that we can return to live with our Heavenly Father if we do the things that we've been commanded to do. And so we, our spirits existed before our bodies did. When we die, our body goes into the grave and our spirit continues onward. Um, with that being said, so we have this issue of control, of who controls what. Now, many people have confused this next point, and this is, this is just Phil, okay? Um, they've confused this point with with some sort of mysticism. And it's not. It's very simple. Um, natural, the natural man, uh, without acting according to the Spirit, without acting according to the light of Christ, which burns with each, within each of us, is an enemy to God. They look for all the pleasures of this world with no thought of tomorrow. Meaning, tomorrow meaning after this life. Um, and this is, uh, you know, this is a point Ayn Rand talked about this. She made a big deal about this and Atlas shrugged about how people try to separate them. Well, I'm not here to, to say that, that there's some sort of mysticism involved. It's very simple. The spirit and the body are one in mortality, but with the spirit not knowing where it came from, because it, because if we knew then there would be no trial of faith. It would uh, it would not be nearly as hard to learn from our own experience um, those things that are good and those that are not. We make mistakes. We all do. Uh, nobody except for Jesus Christ that has lived on this earth is perfect. Um, we make mistakes. We have a way provided for us to return to live with our Father in heaven and to receive all the blessings that he has promised us. However, we have an obligation to, for our spirit self 
to take control to possession of this soul, the combination of the body and spirit, where we are not just relegating what we do to the lusts uh, of the body. And by lust, I'm not necessarily meaning sexual lust, but to uh, anything, to, to the very base desires of the body. Um, and so one of the other things that we have an opportunity to do as Latter-day Saints is every month, the first Sunday of the month is called a fast Sunday, is where Latter-day Saints uh, choose to fast for two meals, which is breakfast and lunch. Uh, and this is an opportunity for the spirit to demonstrate mastery over the body. Remember when Christ taught about those that, that were fasting, the hypocrites, and he said that they, what do they do? They go about and they, oh, I'm so hungry. And, and you know, they don't, they don't put on an appearance as if nothing was wrong. They just, they just went about, they wanted people to know that they were fasting. He was referring to the, the Pharisees and the Sadducees, you know, that they made a big deal of saying, oh, see, I'm fasting. Oh, woe is me. And Christ taught that that was wrong. That when we fast, because the whole point of the fast is to master the body, is to get the body to obey the spirit, for the body and the soul and the spirit to work together as one. And so for one month, one Sunday each month, you skip two meals. And that's, you know, if you think about it for now, some people that medically are not able to miss those meals, and that's completely understandable. And they have other ways that they can, you know, we face choices every day as to whether or not we, we uh, are masters of our body or if our body is masters of us. You know, we talk about alcoholism as a disease and, and other addictions as if they are diseases. And truly they are. They, they are situations where the body has become dominant to the point where, where it is a physical necessity uh, to have certain things. And that could be include food too. You know, most of you that know me, uh, if anyone listens to this, know that I am not a thin person, that I like starches a lot more than sweets actually, but I'm big on starches and, and things like that. Um, big literally as well, right? Um, you know, I'd say that where's the body got the mastery, right? That's pretty obvious. And it's the same with these other chemical addictions as well. Uh, and it really bothers me when people will say, well, they could choose to do this or to do that. Well, to at a certain point, you have to say somebody who is addicted to opiates, for example, can they just choose one day to not? No, their body is going to, is, has such a need uh, of that chemical that it will resort to any means necessary uh, to get it. Do any of you drink uh, caffeinated soda or coffee? You know, I think it's so funny, you know, today we, you know, you know, when I was a kid, you know, tobacco was bad because it caused cancer, you know, the tars and all the burning smoke that what it did to your lungs. Of course, today it's not about what it does to your lungs. It's about the nicotine that addicts you, you know, and I would say to those, you know, with the vaping and such, it's, you know, 
it's another irony, right? That you know, while we we have to withdraw these flavored vapes because kids are getting them, and we're marketing the kids. Guess what? It's illegal to sell vape products to minors. So again, just a comment on the law. Um, but what about energy drinks? For you know, let's say so you want to put an age on something, you know, caffeine. Um, and all of its chemical uh, derivatives in energy drinks is every bit as addictive as nicotine or opiates. It may not have the hard crash of those, but anybody who is a serious energy drink drinker will tell you that if they don't get it, that the headache that they have, speaking as a Mountain Dew drinker, I do know about that, uh, the headache they have is significant, and their body is demanding it. Now, you know, with caffeine, it doesn't as long-lasting. But you see, these are situations where the body has control, and your ability to do anything about it is very limited without additional help. Better it is to not go down that path to begin with. Uh, to avoid substances that are chemically addictive. To avoid um, to eating too much food. That's uh, the same thing. You know, to avoid um, um, pornography and all those uh, associated products that cause a release of chemicals in your brain and uh, that's every bit as addictive as well you know and what happens it deadens the spirit it masters the spirit we need to be the masters of ourselves we we are slaves to a chemical if we are not if we do not master them I want to talk a little bit about uh, a conference that I had the pleasure of attending as a member of the choir this past Sunday. Um, Elder Iring, uh, Henry J. Iring, who is the also the president of BYU-Idaho in Rexburg, gave a magnificent talk uh, regarding, uh, of all things, journaling. Um, now, I, for a long time, looked at the opportunity to share either on the Snake River Lib or on my view from the rim as, as a form of journaling, because usually if I wrote a blog on it, it was uh, as a result of some direct feelings that I was having. Did they cover day-to-day -day lives, uh, my day-to-day -day life? No, they did not. But if I wrote about it, then you knew that it was something that was on my mind, not just something that I was observing in the world. Uh, uh, so maybe if you wanted to go back and read those, um, you can. Um, but, but uh, I mean, because if you read them from the point of, well, what was Phil feeling then? You know. That might scare you a little bit, but that's exactly what those were. But he, he spoke about how he was feeling down. And this is one thing for people who are not members of the Church of Jesus Christ uh, may not understand is when a leadership speaks, very rarely do they go down 
of uh, tunnels of darkness or, or, or corridors uh, that, that could make you think that they are, I mean, we all know they're not perfect, right? None of them are, are, are perfect, and I completely get that. They all have many, have fallacies, although the fallacies that some of them, that most of them have are probably not fallacies that I would even see any a problem with because of where I am spiritually. Um, but he went down a path, and he talked about how he was feeling. And this resonated with me simply because as I started the podcast and talked about how I had been feeling down as well. Um, that he felt he was at a point where he feel like felt like he could not get an answer to how to solve his situation, and so he went and talked to his wife and said, "I need you to pray to the Lord and ask what I can do because I don't think that I can." It's not that he ever doubted. It's not that he had a crisis of faith. He he said that he did not. But he also felt like he was in a place where he may not be able to hear or recognize the answer. Remember that when the Holy Ghost speaks to us, he speaks to us in a still, small voice. And if we've built up hedges, hedgerows, if we've built up a, a fortress, around us internally, in our minds and in our hearts, you know, we may not be able to hear him. So his counsel is well taken, uh, something that we should all consider if we're in a place that's not that great, to seek guidance from other people, especially those that we know that we can trust and that love us. And so his wife went and prayed on his behalf to the Lord. And she came back and told him, said, you're not going to like the answer. And he said he was right. He didn't like the answer because the answer was he needed to uh, be more diligent in journaling. Now, you know, most people think, well, journaling, well, what is that? And it's, of course, it's keeping a diary or a daily journal. And sometimes, you know, those journal entries just may be little one-liners or something. I'm lousy at it. Like I said, I use my I blog for a while as that. I have uh, actually a couple journals full of stuff. But really, the vast part of my life is, is not documented, uh, unfortunately, uh, or fortunately, as the case may be. But so he didn't like the answer, but he said that he felt like it was the answer from God. And so he started journaling and he was feeling really negative. And of course, when we're looking at things from a negative point of view, uh, what do we see? We see negativity all around us. We don't see the positive. Um if you've been in that situation, believe me, this is something that I can empathize with you completely, um, where you feel like that nothing is going right, that you ask why. Um, you know, believe me, a lot of people ask why. So if you're asking why, you're not the only one. And then he realized that, well, okay. This really isn't helping, you know, jotting down negative viewpoints. He said so. He's, he, I th don't quote me on this, but he used the term, he was going to fake it, meaning that he was going to note some positive things. Even though he wasn't feeling positive, he was going to 
try to see positive things and write them down. And guess what happened? I think it's pretty obvious uh, that I'm doing this podcast. Uh, what the result was, once he started seeing the hand of the Lord all around him, guess what he saw? He saw the hand of the Lord. It's very, very simple. Some people can look at, at life and they can say, you know, it's the whole, it's the whole, you know, when life gives you lemons, make lemonade, right? Well, you know, some people look at life and all they can see is the bad, but very rarely is there nothing good. Sometimes there is, don't get me wrong. Okay. But are we even trying to see good? Because if we see good, if we try to see it, we will see it. It could just be the smallest little thing. And I'm not going to provide any examples for you on that because I don't want to. It's, it's for you to decide. Small things, as we see those small things, then the light begins to grow. It's the candle, right? You know, the human eye can see a candle uh, in in darkness from an infinite distance, even though really that's only about two kilometers from what I've read. But as we get closer to the light, as we start seeing the light, the light grows bigger in our view. And even though it may just be a single candle, we may start to see things around us besides that single light, things that are good. And then we may see more lights. And we may realize that miracles are going on around us daily. But because we were not looking for them, we did not see them. My friends, those that listen, I will testify to you that if you look to the light and you want to see the light, that's key. You'll see it. And you'll recognize it for what it is. Look for the positive in your life. If you're in a bad spot and you see positive things, make a note of them. Be thankful for them. Express that gratitude however you wish to do so. The gratitude for seeing the positive. And I tell you that as you do that, you will start to see it more and more around you. It works. I promise you that. And that's my view from the rim. Um, The Struggle for the Soul, it's a very well-recommended read. Um, You can find it on uh, churchofjesuschrist.org. You just go there, uh, churchofjesuschrist.org, and and on the uh, search bar, just go in, uh, type in Struggle for the Soul. Um, Thank my mission president, President Christensen, for having 
brought that to my attention because as soon as uh, President Ballard had mentioned that in his talk in October, I said to my wife, uh, I said, I know that talk. That's like one of the best talks ever. And uh, it is well worth a read. Anyway, thank you, and hopefully it'll just be next week that we'll talk to you.